Glad you're with us on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you and your money. I want you to learn ways for me to keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our web address. If you have a question for me, Clark.com slash ask. I ask you, are you aware you can get free off-the-air advice? Nine hours every weekday. It's a service that the Clark Howard Show has been for nearly 25 years on the main page of Clark.com on your smartphone or on your computer or laptop. You can see how to call in for the free off-the-air advice and when those nine hours are each weekday for you for that free advice. Coming up in a half hour, I have a special advice for you dealing with the IRS. You don't want to miss that in 30 minutes. We'll talk right now about something that feels like as Yogi Berra would say, deja vu all over again. It's been a long time now, going back to the era when it was the thing to do to steal music. And there were any of a number of music services, to use the term services in a neutral way, that were involved in being gateways to stealing music. And it got to the point where it was so common that people listened to music for free that people didn't even realize anymore it was stealing. Today, the way you listen to music has changed dramatically. People paying in big numbers for Spotify or Apple, or a number of other music services, or they're listening to ad-supported ones, like the free version of Spotify or the free version of Pandora. And so uh, listening to music has grown up, if you will. Now television is going through its Napster moment, where all over the Internet, people are promoting Devices that you buy from them that allow you to steal pay TV. And I'm sorry, steal is what it is. I may despise the cost of pay TV packages more than anybody else. What you get charged by the satellite company or the phone company or the cable company, I think it's obscene that the average bill is over $100 a month. But at the same time, Stealing it is not the valid alternative. And it's presented with such an air of legitimacy. But you will find a number of people that are selling Roku devices or other uh, streaming gateway devices that have been programmed by them to allow you to steal pay TV, sports programming that you haven't paid for, movies you haven't paid for, movie services you haven't paid for, and all the rest. Now, in the era of people stealing music, the music industry did some uh, high-profile prosecutions where they really made a small number of people's lives miserable to try to make an example, didn't have any impact. Technology changed it when Pandora came along 
and provided a legit way for people to listen to music for free. And then Pandora itself, ironically enough, has struggled for an identity as others emerged, especially Spotify. And so with the, with the television devices, there's no noise at all about prosecutions. Nothing may ever happen to you. I just want you to know it's your own ethical question that you settle with yourself that just because somebody promotes on the web that they will sell you a device for a couple hundred dollars, typically two, three, four hundred dollars, they sell you a device that they have uh, modified. <laughs> Isn't that a great word? <laughs> modified so that it will allow you to watch all the programming you want. Now, there's a guess in a Denver Post story that one in every 16 households in the United States are now using these devices to steal pay TV. One in 16. And that speaks more to what I said up front. The obscene cost of pay TV is what's creating the temptation for people to say, hey, I'm going to save, you know, thousand or more dollars a year if I just use this device, I'll pay this up front, but I'm going to get a quick return on my money. The answer is lower cost pay TV. The marketplace is saying that the pay TV costs are too high. Again, you make your own decision on whether you want to have one of these pirate devices. But my advice is that you're better off looking for cheaper pay TV than stealing pay TV. Jane joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Jane. Hello. How are you doing? It's Monday. <laughs> is that a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> I haven't quite figured out yet. Okay. You know what? My attitude is any day that I wake up, <laughs> I'm really happy with that day. I'll take that, yes. You know, they all end in a Y, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so what's going on, Jane? Well, we live in a state that has presented um, some interesting business opportunities for us, and I just wanted to ask you how to proceed where there might be a large cash-only deal involved in a property sale. Huh. Somebody's going to come to you, and they're going to buy your land and just say, here's the money, have a nice day. Well, yeah, and in the business is, uh, we haven't quite decided. We just know there's an opportunity, but it's cannabis-related. So that's where the cash-only comes in. So, so uh, what state are you in that it's legal to, to grow cannabis? Oregon. Okay, so in Oregon, it is legal to be a farmer. It's legal to have these products for sale. So it's also legal for you to sell your land to someone who's going to grow weed. I mean, that's perfectly fine for you to do. Yes, it is an agricultural-only use uh, parcel that has a home on it, and so it opens up the possibilities to who we could sell our property to. 
but it also uh, puts us in a, you know, in a, in a quandary because that would be um, a little different than doing a traditional mortgage and, you know, doing all this stuff with a traditional home buyer. So, well, actually, if you're the seller, mm-hmm. the source of funds from the buyer is not significant to you. Okay. So remember at closing, have you ever had a real estate closing before? Well, I personally haven't uh, been, no, my husband has, but I haven't. So what happens is, uh, and it varies by state, I don't remember in Oregon if closings are done by a a title agent or escrow agent or a lawyer, but the person who does that or the firm that does it, they're basically a traffic cop. So. The individual normally would get a mortgage to buy your property, and the mortgage company would wire funds, and then if you had a mortgage, the the person handling the closing would pay off your mortgage and then give you a check for the remaining proceeds. Okay. In this case, it would still work that way because their source of funds as a buyer is insignificant to you. It's just that they have the funds, and if they give the lawyer payment in uh, whatever form that would generate a check from that cash. They give that to the lawyer, and then the lawyer in turn issues a check to you or whoever handles the closing. Okay, so we would never be getting big wads of bills then. I have okay. never heard <laughs> of anything like that. I mean, normally the lawyer or person handling the the closing of the escrow or whatever it's called in your state would take the money and they would deposit it and then they issue the checks to the various interested parties that they have to pay. If there's a real okay. estate agent involved, paying that real estate agent, paying off, as I mentioned, if you have an existing loan, whatever those expenses would be, they issue those various checks. Okay, yeah. In our state, it would be uh, it would be an escrow. It would be an uh, um, um title company that would be involved in that. I would recommend in a case with an unusual purchase like this, it would be very strongly advised that you pay a real estate lawyer to review and maybe prepare the contract that would be for the sale or for their purchase and for you to have that lawyer available for advice if any is necessary later. Great. Just because this is, even though for you, it's perfectly legal for you to be involved in the transaction, it is unusual, and that's why having a real estate lawyer there who's watching out for you and you only is a good idea. A real estate lawyer in addition to a real estate agent, or uh, is a real estate lawyer all we need? We, we're used to doing by owner, but I don't. Yeah. So if you do, if you do by owner, that's fine. You just want to have your own real estate lawyer in any case. In this circumstance, whether you're using an agent or not, an agent, if it's an agent involved closing or not, you still want to have your own real estate lawyer. Do you know uh, how we could find like uh, business specialists who? specialize in cannabis property sales? You don't need one. Okay. I mean, the having a real estate lawyer is the key to this. So that's where I would really put your effort is to having, and you don't need that real estate lawyer until there's a clearly identified buyer 
and it looks like they're going to make a bona fide offer. Gregor is with us on the Clark Howard Show. How are you? Hi, Clark. Uh, thanks for taking my call today. Um, I'm 25, and I've been listening to your show for almost 10 years now. Wow, so I completely polluted part of your teenage years? That you did. I used to uh, work summers with my grandfather, and he always had you on the radio, so I got to listen to you uh, while doing landscaping. And so I'm curious, starting to listen as a mid-teen, was I just boring you out of your mind, or were you learning things that surprised you that you wouldn't have thought about otherwise? You know, at the time... uh, Yes, I think I was a little bored. I'd rather listen to something else. But now that I'm a working adult, I've found your show to be um, a great way to save a lot of money, and I hope to actually retire early and comfortably using your advice. Well, that's wonderful. Thank you. How can I serve you today? Yeah, Clark, so I have a bit of a a two-part question here, but let me describe the scenario. Um, uh, This year I decided to take ownership of my own taxes um, to actually learn the process and save a bit of money instead of pawning that off on a tax professional. Um, so I ended up using an online tax prep service, and I'd say it was fairly painless, but uh, one of the things they asked that none of the, um, you know, I've been doing payroll since I was 16 and, and doing taxes, but they never asked me um, for a log of all of my online purchases. Um, but the tax prep service that I use, you know, asked me to, basically tally up all the purchases I had made online that I did not um, pay sales tax on. And it was a very laborious task to go through each website that I had made purchases on and try to figure this out. And when I did, I realized that I had spent about $4,000 in merchandise online, so I actually had to pay... Wow, you're a big online shopper. So you had to pay several hundred dollars in remitting sales tax to your state. Right. It was actually more than my actual state return, so I had to pay into the state of Wisconsin. Um, and so the two-part question is, A, are we le- legally obligated to um, report these? Purchases? To self-report. Uh, okay. You're putting and, me and, in a terrible moral dilemma situation. <laughs> this is an area where there is no compliance at all. You may be the only taxpayer in the state of Wisconsin who did what you did. Is that right? Yeah, it's it's one of those things that the system for sales tax collection on the internet is not working properly, and it's really the fault of the states and how they set up their sales tax rules and regimen. And so they then turn around and say, well, then the taxpayer is going to have to do the paperwork and figure it out and self-report. But again, I will tell you, you make your own decision you made one you paid the tax but i will tell you the state of wisconsin should issue you some kind of of medal because you probably are the only person who did it and there's no way a state can force compliance when nobody nobody complies with the law so good for you that you are such an honest person It's time for Ask Clark. That's where you post a question at Clark.com. Producer Joel asks it. Yeah, Clark. Joel. David wrote in. He says, you often talk about ways to save on home alarm systems. What about those of us who have older homes with wired systems that must be monitored via traditional phone lines? Is it possible to find a system that uses my existing wiring but is monitored via cellular? 
What a great question. Now, what happens is if you go to cellular monitoring with an older system, the company you choose for monitoring will charge you a fee to make a conversion. Depending on how old your box is, they will be able to modify it to run on a wireless connection for monitoring, or you may need a new box put in by them. The rest of the wiring usually would be usable. Now, monitoring an existing system, especially if you want cellular, starts at around $10 a month. And if you were to go on one of the search engines like Google or any of them, and you put in where you live and put in alarm monitoring wireless no contract, you will find who's available to you and what they charge for that monitoring. It'll be a lot less than you're used to paying. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. ClarkDeals.com is where we throw you the deals day by day to save you money. Clark.com is our main web address, and want to remind you that we have a number of newsletters that are available to you for free come out on various schedules depending on which newsletter and I want you to be kept up to date on ways you can avoid getting ripped off, ways you can save money, strategies to invest, ideas on travel, all that available for you through our various series of newsletters that you can see how to sign up for at Clark.com. I want to give you a special warning if you owe the IRS money. The IRS, in an absolutely lame decision, is now using private bill collection agencies, debt collection agencies, to attempt to collect debts. And already reports of illegal tactics and abusive behavior are coming in from around the country from the IRS's use of these private collectors. Now, I should note that the IRS on two prior occasions has used outside collectors, and after paying commissions, it ended up costing the IRS more money than the tax collected for the expenses of administering the program. So here's what you need to know. If you are contacted by someone who claims to be a debt collector collecting a debt owed to the IRS, I don't want you communicating with them. I don't want you dealing with them. I don't want you to respond to them at all. If you have caller ID, I want you to know what calls to avoid. If you owe money to the IRS and you can afford to start paying them, you can come up with a payment plan that you do with the IRS. I want you to do that. But the tremendous irony and the lousy timing of this yet third attempt that will be star-crossed to use outside private debt collectors in the midst of an era of all these fake debt collectors pretending to be working for the IRS or on behalf of the IRS, it's such a huge problem that it's too dangerous 
for you to engage in conversation with anyone claiming to be collecting a debt on behalf of the IRS. And so the best answer of all is for you not to communicate with them because the dangers are too high. Again, if you owe tax, I want you to pay that tax that you owe, obviously. But many times it's from a failed business and the money that the IRS is seeking is money that you don't have the ability to pay, at least right now. And uh, there, are, I'm sure there are taxpayers, well, would-be taxpayers, who just don't pay because they don't want to. But those are probably few and far between. Because who really wants the IRS on your back, right? But a private debt collector hassling you, that is a step too far. It is not well thought out. And do not allow yourself to be harmed by communicating with any of these private collectors. I'm sorry, how do I say your name? Is it Babu? Yes. Babu, I want to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, Clark, and it's an honor to talk to you. Well, great to have you here. You are interested in real estate investing. Yes, Clark. Um, I do have a question regarding real estate investment. Uh, Just to give you some background, uh, we currently max out on both of our Roth IRA contributions as well as my Roth 401k contribution at work. And we also fully contribute to our HSA account. We own our home and two condo units free and clear. Congratulations. Both of our cars are paid for as well. Wow. We also have enough money uh, in our rainy day fund. Um, and after all this, we have uh, close to $200,000 saved in our online savings account. And I came across this real estate investment website that touts like 10% return on your investments. And I was wondering what you think about it. Okay, I need to explain to you how that actually works. It is not a 10% return on your money. And this is, I am so glad you're asking this question because this is one of the most either misrepresented or misunderstood parts of real estate investing. What happens is they, the 10% is made up of money that the real estate is expected to earn and a portion of the money you invest being returned to you. So there, the calculated in the 10% is a return of your own principal, your own money. I see. So it's not a scam, uh, but these things are what's known as illiquid that the money you put in is not readily available to you if later you were to need it. And the expenses can be very high. Typically, you'll find that uh, with a lot of the offers being made now, you pay in the range of 3% up front of the money that you would invest with them. Wow. Do you know, does the one you're looking at have a 3% 
origination fee? Yeah, something like that. I did hear, I did read something about that, and I did uh, know that it's something close to that, yes. All right, so what happens is you, you, for every dollar you put in, it's instantly 97 cents instead of a dollar. So you got to work even to get back to where you started. And then the ongoing expenses are often in the range of about 1.5% or so per year. So the underlying investments have to do extremely well just for you to get back to break even. And I can tell you they're not going to return a true 10% per year. So do you have any alternate uh, investments for us? Well, let's talk this through. So you have this couple hundred thousand dollars, and congratulations to you. You have eliminated most debts in your life. You've developed a, a wonderful portfolio of investments, building wealth, and you've got this idle cash. Did I hear you say that you have a couple of investment properties already? Yes. So do you like having investment properties? No. Okay. <laughs> I needed to know that. And do you prefer real estate as a way of investing versus, uh, let's say, being in stock type investing? Right. So the reason why I chose real estate is because most of my rest of the money, either in the Roth IRA or in the 401k, is all invested in stock type choices. Okay. So you feel like you need to balance that out. Exactly. All right. Because if you told me that you liked having rental properties, I would tell you, well, that's what you should be doing. But because you've told me you don't like them and you still want to do real estate, I would look at a real estate fund. And you could go in, uh, one of my favorites for you to look at, is what's known as a REIT index fund. Okay. R-E-I-T for Real Estate Investment Trust, which is the kind of thing that you uh, were looking at the pitch for. But instead, you go into one that's managed by a professional that buys parts of a variety of different real estate investing groups. And so you make your money over time in an ultra-low-cost investment that doesn't have an upfront fee, and you're making money off of their ability to invest in a broad variety of, could be um, hotel REITs, apartment REITs, storage unit REITs. Um, uh, did I mention apartments? Hotels. Yeah. I mean, could be medical center REITs. I mean, there are so many different types of real estate investment trusts that instead of you trying to pick the one that's going to work best, I like you going into an ultra inexpensive fund. With any of the low-cost providers I have listed on my investment guide. Oh, that would be perfect. Great advice. But if you do that, I don't want you putting $200,000 in idle cash all in that. Oh, okay. Um, I would look at that as only one piece of the investing you do. And I still believe that stock investing both here and overseas through funds is the best form of diversification there is. And I do about one-third of my investing in real estate in various forms and two-thirds 
and stock type choices. That's just the mix that has worked well for me. Catherine's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Catherine, you want to talk about paying off your home early. Tell me about that. Yes, how are you, Clark? Thanks for having me. Sure. Uh, basically, me, myself, and my siblings decided to buy a condo apartment five years ago. And um, just to get rid of, you know, to stop paying rent and stop moving around. So now, um, to liberate my mom from paying monthly payments on her mortgage, uh, we decided to chip in and contribute $60,000 each in order to uh, collect 300000 and pay it all off next year. Wait, 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 wait. Five children got together yeah. Yeah. and agreed to put up $60,000 each so that your mom would be mortgage debt-free. Yes. You were correct. the greatest children any parents ever had, I think. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. Yeah, so the main question is if um, I know the bank is not going to like that, right? Or is there going to be any penalties? No, uh, not. it's very rare that a mortgage would have a prepayment penalty. Yeah. And you are free to pay off that mortgage uh, however you wish. And so if you as children want to pay off your mom's mortgage, go for it. Right. Now, there yeah, could be some uh, gift tax issues with uh-huh. doing so, with giving your mom that much money all at once. Right. Um, so there are ways it can be structured so that you can avoid potentially gift tax issues. And if no one has done so yet, it would be really a good idea for... Uh, one or more of you, if one of you has a, a tax prep person, a CPA who does tax for you or an enrolled agent, to talk to him right. about the right way to structure giving this money to your mom so that you avoid any gift tax. But as far oh. as paying off the mortgage, go at it. All right. Oh, thank you so much. That and I can't point. believe my, my late father said that one parent could take care of 10 children, but 10 children couldn't take care of one parent. Uh-huh. And the five of you proved my late dad wrong, wrong, wrong. And I just think this is a beautiful thing that you all have the means and the desire to do this for your mom. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Lisa's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Lisa. Hey, how are you? 
Great, thank you. Lisa, how may I be of service to you? So I'm looking to find a cheap flight to Tampa and Miami. And the advertisements that I get on emails or whatever advertise one price. But then you go to book your flight and it tells you like it triples the price. So I'm looking for like... Well, So let's go back a step. So the emails you're getting, is it one of my newsletters or is it just a general travel newsletter or is it one from airlines themselves? It's, you know, the just a different website. They'll say, fair alert, there's a deal for X number of dollars to Tampa. And you go to try to book that and there's nothing like that there. That's a complaint I hear about the fair information. And this is true for any travel source that there will be a special or a fare. You know about the fare. You then go to try to book it, and somehow it seems to never be there. And here's the reality. The airlines put very tight ropes around the cheapest fares when they do have a special deal. And most often for travel, you'll find that there are three days of the week that are the only days you'll ever find that inventory available on a special fare. They're Tuesday, Wednesday, and Saturday. If you get that headline screaming lowest fare that's promoted on an airline site or you learn about it in a newsletter or some travel sites, fare alerts, you learn anything like that, and you're able to get that fare on a day other than Tuesday, Wednesday, or Saturday, you should go buy lottery tickets because you're really lucky. And so flexibility is the key. You cannot, when you're trying to get a screaming deal on an El Cheapo fare, you can't expect that you're going to find that for a very, very specific travel schedule. You have to look at travel the opposite, which is when a great deal is published that you look at a fair calendar and whenever you can get that great deal you grab it instead of seeing a special and hoping to be able to find it so is your travel one that you're very flexible about when you can go or do you have to go on very specific dates no we have to go on a specific date you're never gonna i shouldn't say never you're almost never lisa going to find one of those extra cheap deals when you have those very specific travel dates what i would do instead is i would set up a fair alert that alerts you when there is a special for your specific travel dates like at kayak or something like that and then pounce on it when you get notification that a special is available on the dates that you need to travel but the real deals Always go to the people who can drop everything and go whenever the bargain flight is. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. I appreciate you tuning in to The Clark Howard Show. And if you'd like more fun stuff to listen to by podcast, well, we have our Empowerment Zone. This is where you get to hear the stories of people that have done amazing things, either in overcoming hardship in their lives or things they've done to accomplish, go to clark.com slash empowermentzone.